People, what's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the rapper D1 and uh, another guy named Joe Budden. Uh, apparently, Joe Budden made a comment about D1 and his quest to clean up hip hop. That concerned me a little bit because it sounded like uh, a little bit of a threat of violence. I'm going to let you all be the judge. And I'm going to play this clip for you. And uh, give me a yes if you can hear me. Before we get started, give me an audio sound check. Give me a quick yes you can hear me. And we're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I'm hoping my audio is coming through okay. Let me know. Just give me a quick yes. Uh, let me know if you guys are able to hear me all, all right. Uh, whenever I travel, my Wi-Fi gets a little bit weird. But I want to say hello to everybody and shout out the city you're from. Let me know what city you're from. What's going on, El Hodge? Nancy Cobb, E. Wilson, I see you. Robert Lamb, uh, old school views, uh, good vibes in, in chat. Doc. Good to see you too, man. So great to see you. Uh, Master Lee, Dr. Boyce on the way to work was was the deal. Okay, my man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. All right. So let me not uh, let me be efficient with your time and uh, and quickly ask you if you could please hit that thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, don't forget this podcast is on Spotify and Apple. I don't have a deal with Spotify like like uh, Joe Budden had, uh, but I am on Spotify. So uh, feel free to go to Spotify and you can find the Dr. Voice Breakdown. Uh, and also, uh, if you'd like to get uh, profit alerts or a $5 a day investing plan and all the things that we've done to uh, share with you to help you build wealth uh, in the Black Business School, uh, just text the word STOCK to 31996 text stock to 31996 there's lots of lots of good free stuff we will send you because we want you to elevate uh your black wealth okay all right so uh give me a yes or no if you've been following d1 and what's been going on with d1 and his whole quest uh to really clean up hip-hop i mean d1 is doing a job that is so important that nobody else will do uh that none of these black men uh are are, are courageous enough to do he is being the hip hop police officer. He is going through and, and, and cleaning up this industry. He's basically talking about the kids. You know, uh, everybody gets caught up in the money. I, lo I like money, too. Money's a good thing. Uh, I have a Ph.D. in money. Uh, but one of the things I can tell you about money, too, is that money is a hell of a drug. Give me a yes if you get that. Money is a hell of a drug. Money is something that will cause you to uh, to sell your own mama if you're not careful. Money will cause you to destroy your own children. Uh, money will cause you to make a, make a, an ignorant bastard out of yourself. Money will cause you to destroy your people. And, uh, and one of the problems that we have in our community is that we have, unfortunately, a hip hop music industry that started off uh, as very beneficial to black people. It was really uh, an asset to the black community. But that asset has been turned into a liability. And uh, and I did see Rick Ross's response to D1. Rick Ross has responded to D. Uh, Jim Jones did. And, but and I, I talked about that, right? I talked about that, and I talked to D1 pretty regularly. If you guys know, uh, D and I have been friends for over a decade. 
And uh, and I was uh, and I became uh, I, I got to know D1 when he did a song 10 years ago that everybody should check out called Jay Weezy and 50. And so, he, you know, he's not fly by night. He didn't just start yesterday. He's been doing this consistently. Uh, it's just people weren't always listening. A lot of us have been doing this consistently. Give me a yes. If you've seen the, the people out here, D, D, D fortunately is a person that got the attention of the industry, but there were lots of people that were doing this kind of work. And, and, uh, and that was why D and I became friends because I said, you know, this art form, it's so persuasive uh, it is so influential that corporations spend billions of dollars paying rappers to get black people to destroy themselves. Do you all understand how powerful that is? That corporations pay uh, record labels and artists billions of dollars to get black people to basically become the Klan. They become the KKK and blackface. Uh, where some of these artists, not all of them, you know, y'all know I, there's artists. I have a love hate relationship with different artists. There's some that I love, some that I don't. I talk to a lot of artists all the time. I spent 10 hours on the phone last year with Kanye. Uh, and, 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 you know, he seems like a good guy. He's a, he's tough to talk to, but he's a nice guy. Ice Cube, I supported him on his political moves. Uh, he and I worked on that a lot. I work with Russell Simmons, who's uh, extremely, uh, you know, deep in the industry. And he we did great work 10 years ago where we actually were able to get a lot of brothers out of prison. I don't know if y'all remember this. It happened about 2013. Go look it up. Uh, we got, uh, we I, I wrote a letter to the president and Russell, uh, We what his role was, was he took that letter. It's like I was the quarterback. I threw the ball. Russell caught it and ran into the end zone because what Russell did was he went and got all the artists to sign this letter. And uh, I, I think Rick Ross signed it. Little Wayne signed it. You know, so a lot of his friends signed it. Even the white folks signed it. Justin Bieber, Kim Kardashian, et cetera. And what the goal was, was to use the power of hip hop and the power of celebrity to uh, encourage. I put that in air quotes, encourage the Obama administration to do the right thing because they weren't trying to do the right thing for black folks. I know a lot of y'all love Barack and, and I love him, too. But uh, I, I love you more when you're representing properly. I love you more when you're doing what you know you're supposed to do. I love you more when you you really are following through on the things you promise. And one of the things that was promised that I thought was a no brainer was that we need to get some of these brothers out of prison. We need to do some real work in the community. So so that was one area where the power of hip hop was used for tremendous good. And it wasn't just hip hop. Uh, believe it or not, the catalyst that threw the letter through the roof that got everybody reading it was uh, Justin Bieber. I never met Justin, but he shared, he retweeted uh, the link to my letter to the president. And at that point, the Obama administration folded because at that point, that hashtag, end the war on drugs, became the number three trending hashtag on the planet. And we did that. We got that shit done. And I was super happy and very proud. And it was an honor to, to work with Russell because he was an honorable guy. He followed through on his commitments. I don't know anything about his allegations. He's one of those people that's being sued for uh, for stuff that allegedly happened many years ago. So, But I don't know nothing about all that. But all I do know is I can vouch with 100% clarity that he and Ice Cube really followed through on what they, what they believed in. And I respect that immensely. Now, here's the thing. So, so as we speak on the positives that come from artists, as we talk about artists that, you know, have really used the power of hip hop for good, you also got to talk about some of the bullshit. You know, you, you got to talk about some of the BS out here, man. Uh, give me a guess. I mean, get, let me let me know. Like, how many of y'all are just sick of this nonsense? How many of y'all are sick of like, I don't want to hear about sexy reds, booty hole being brown. In case you don't know, that's the latest pound town. They're teaching little five-year-olds to talk about how they coochie pink, they booty hole brown. Like that, like those are the lyrics. I kid you not. It's like literally the craziest, weirdest shit ever. It's crazy, right? And then you got the dudes over here talking about how they want to shoot another black man, just like just like the clan. They want to get young black kids on drugs. And you see what fentanyl's killing your relatives right now, by the way. Fentanyl, do you know how many people I know? 
that are friends of mine who had to take their sons, their 18-year-old sons, black male sons, sons that were supposed to be in a few years, they're supposed to be somebody's husband, supposed to be somebody's daddy, supposed to be leaders in the community. Do you know how many people I know personally who've had to take their 18, 19-year-old sons and daughters to rehab? And they're addicted to shit that you can't walk away from easily. Do you understand how bad an addiction to fentanyl is? Do you understand? Like, I thought heroin addictions were bad. And heroin is, is really hard to get off of. That's what took my daddy. That's what, well, one of the drugs, they got, they got my, both of my daddies experienced experience that when they were in the 60s. Fentanyl is like 100 times stronger than heroin. I said, Lord, what the hell, man? Do y'all understand me when I tell you? That you can't be playing with drugs. Don't you can't be experimenting, you can't be dabbling, you can't be messing around with it because that stuff will destroy you. And, and here's what it's doing: it's killing your community because these young men, those are your soldiers. That's one way you win a war, by the way, is you disable the soldiers before the battle begins. Y'all do understand that. If you can disable, distract, and dismantle the soldier, then you ain't got to win the battle because the soldiers won't even show the fuck up. Do you understand me right now when I say so? So I want to get to D1 and Joe Budden. I don't want to cuss too much because D's my friend and he don't cuss. So I, I want to be respectful on this. But seriously, this makes me mad. This is a bunch of nonsense. Right. So 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 I like what D's doing. I like D at the all black national convention. Last year, we made him our artist of the year, entertainer of the year. He's performed at the convention three, four times and every time. And I always had his back. Usually when we talk. We don't talk about music. I'll just say I heard your album. I loved it. It's great. But we don't talk about how to make a dope album. We talk about business. D1 is a man who understands his business. He's a man that's about his business. He's a man that gets down to business. He's a man that's that's not scared to stand on his business. D D1 is more of a soldier and he's more gangster than any of these punk ass wannabe gangsters that you hear on these albums. When I tell you this, when I tell you this is a man who is on a mission. In fact, his his whole motto and everything is mission vision, right? When I talk about like real, like real recognizes real, substance recognizes substance. Y'all know me. I'm not I'm not into the flash. I don't care. About, I know a lot of flashy Negroes, the ditties and fast talking, you know, quick dance and dancing to holding a chicken leg in one hand and, and a liquor bottle in the other and dancing. I, I've seen the flashy Negroes. That does not impress me. But but substance respects and recognizes substance. D one is a man of substance. So D, uh, for all these years, has been very consistent about why he joined, why he became a rapper in the first place. He became a rapper because he was a teacher and he understood something that I've expressed to you guys for about 15 years now, that hip hop is a greater source of, of knowledge, influence and education for young black kids than what they get in school. That's what's so crazy. These rappers are the teachers now. If, 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 if you bring a scientist to a, a school in the hood and you put Cardi B in the other in the other room and the kids have a choice, you can either listen to this scientist who can teach you the origins of the universe or the secrets to life or introduce you to AI or something. Or you can go listen to Cardi B. Which one do you think the seven and eight year old kids are going to pick? Which one do you think they're going to go listen to? And I, and I don't like that. It drives me crazy. It pisses me off. And the reason it pisses me off is because. These are puppets. These are, these are puppets that answer to the puppet masters. This is another form of white supremacy, black people. Let me know if you understand what I'm saying. This is how white supremacy works. White supremacy ain't just about 
a white guy coming in and telling everybody what to do. It's the white guy getting chosen Negroes, specific Negroes that can influence you to get you to do what they want you to do to fulfill their agenda. They've been doing it since slavery. They, they, the original rappers were the pastors. They would go to the pastor and they say, we can't get the slaves to act right. Well, they, the slaves keep talking about wanting freedom. They keep talking about wanting to learn how to read. The slaves keep talking about wanting to be, you know, wanting to keep their families together. And we can't have all that. So we need them to buy into this slavery thing. So, we, so we're going to go to the pastor, take hook him up, pay the pastor some money, and then also tell him how he should interpret the Bible. And the pastor became the person who led the flock. Right now, the, the rapper ain't nothing but an extension of the pastor. So the rapper is like the pimp and the pastor all mixed together. Right. You have the black exploitation culture where all the black men want to be pimps. And that's where you get the whole like we hate our women mindset. Right. We don't love them hoes. Right. Snoop's statement. Snoop, when Snoop Dogg started saying we don't love them hoes, that came directly out of the 1970s pimp black exploitation culture of disrespecting and hating your women and if you hate your women then you're not going to reproduce strong healthy children because because your kids ain't going to be shit because you ain't shit and that's why you're in the middle of shit do you understand that's why 76 percent of all black children do not have a father in the house and also the majority of black children black men don't don't have a lot of respect for black women a lot of black women don't respect black men and it just kind of becomes this chicken fight okay do y'all understand so this stuff has created a mess in of epic proportions it's, it's literally uh cost the community probably 10 trillion dollars worth of economic activity because somehow somebody decided that it makes sense to go out and get our young people hooked on drugs as early as possible to get all our young men locked up for as long as they possibly can be locked up to make sure that black children are as educated as possible because somebody decided a long time ago that being educated was acting white right all these variables come into play. And I didn't even start talking about what's going on with your families. You know, so, so what I like about D1 and the reason I respect this guy and I will ride to him, he, I will go to battle with D1 any day of the week is because D gets it. D was a teacher who became a rapper because he saw as a teacher, how influential the music was on the minds of these children. And what's fascinating to me is, and I think D would agree. I got to ask him. I, we talk every now and then I'm not talking to him right now. So I got to I say this with a grain of salt. But I, I speculate that he also uh, agrees that 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 artists are not taking accountability for the influence they have on the community. They're not even thinking about it. They're not. Well, well, why aren't you thinking about it? Well, why do you think that's OK? Why do you think it's OK to tell young black kid children who have their, their whole future ahead of them? Why? Why is it that you think it's OK to encourage them to become the next DMX where they get hooked on drugs at an early age and they can never come back from that and end up dying as a complete disappointment to their own children by the age of 45, 50 years old? Why? Why do you think that that's OK? Oh, it's because of the money. Enter the finance guy. That's why I come into these conversations. That's why Dr. Boyce, the finance PhD, walks into the room when you're talking about hip hop, because I'm like, hold up, hold up. You do understand how powerful money is. You do understand that you're playing with God and the devil when when you start selling your ass crack for a dollar bill. You do understand what happens when you are willing to put all your integrity to the side in order to make another dollar. You do understand that that there's a point there must be boundaries to how far you're willing to go to make this money. So this is where the D1 conversation becomes very powerful, very important, very interesting. D has done an extraordinarily good job of getting the attention of the industry and uh, and getting them to focus on what they're doing 
to the world, to their own community, to their own people and and understanding the power of hip hop and, and harnessing that so that we can use that in a way that's going to propel our children and our families forward, not destroy them. I agree 100 percent. I love what he's doing now. Obviously, though, uh, you know, when D and I talk, I said, I think this is at the you, I, if I were in my view, after you finish talking to the puppets, I think you need to also make sure you're talking to the puppet master. Right. Uh, in my view. And ain't just about talking to uh, somebody who's on a rap song or somebody who's on the record label. I want to talk to the guy who owns the record label. I want to talk to the little Jewish man in the back who is uh, paying black people money to look like clowns. I really do. That's who I want to talk to. That's my equal. That's my peer. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to. If a puppet comes in and says something stupid, I'm not looking to argue with a puppet. You don't argue with puppets for long. You got to look at the person who's got his hand up the puppet's ass, just telling the puppet what to say. So uh, in the challenge to the hip hop music industry, I think that as black people, we must confront the record labels. The record labels owe reparations to the black community for what you have done to black people. You have been slinging dope in the black community in the form of music. Brain, you, but it's worse than dope because you're slinging brainwashing because my wife is an expert. She's a therapist. She's an expert on the subconscious mind. And I would love to bring her in right now because she can explain to you uh, in a thousand ways how music impacts the subconscious mind more than almost any other form of influence. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, give me a yes in the chat so I just know that I'm not talking too fast or talking over anybody's head. I need you all to really internalize this. She's, she's not a regular person. She's a PhD professor in this stuff. And she basically said that the frequency of music, the repetition of it, sinks into your subconscious. The subconscious is the part of your brain that makes all your decisions for you. Did y'all know that? Your conscious mind is not what leads you to do things. It's your habits. It's your culture. And all these things are driven by the subconscious. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? So so by 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 poisoning the music, you're effectively poisoning the people. And then also not arguing only poisoning the people, you're poisoning the children, which means you're poisoning our future. And if you don't believe me, go look at how many young kids we have out here right now, 19, 20 years old, who are supposed to be grinding, supposed to be hustling, supposed to be getting educated, supposed to be preparing for the next generation, supposed to be raising kids, supposed to be taking on white supremacy and whatever other battle they want to take on. But a lot of them can't do shit because they high, they're drunk, they're distracted, they can't read, they don't give a damn about the women or the men, they're not trying to build families, they're not trying to build anything, ain't trying to do nothing. I'm not trying to say every kid's like this. There's a lot of young people out here doing their thing. God bless you. But I, but here's the thing. I want to fight white supremacy. And to fight white supremacy, you need an army. You need an army that's that's ready, that's well-trained, that's disciplined, that's prepared. And, and I'm sorry, but when I got to, when, when I look around and I see where people that want to get work done on their house, like they want to build an extension on the house and they got to go hire a group of Mexicans because they can't find any black young people that are trained in any other basic skills that are required to build, not trained in HVAC, not trained in electric, electrical, not trained on carpentry, not trained on nothing. What are you trained on? Yo, you're trained on on working at McDonald's and looking at the, the, the pictures of the food because you can't even read the word hamburger. Who's what the hell just happened? How is it that you can't spell the word hamburger, but you can recite every lyric in your favorite rapper's album? Does anybody is anybody else concerned about this? Is anybody else noticing this? And, and, and does anybody else understand this, too? 
it ain't just the artist, right? It takes a village to destroy a child. It takes a village to ruin an entire future. So it ain't just the artist. So if people think that I'm just saying that all of society's problems lie on the backs of hip hop artists, that that would be a silly thing to say. But y'all motherfuckers, half y'all ain't helping. Half y'all ain't helping. The, the, the idea that a black man can have influence over millions of kids and think it's okay to encourage those kids to become drug addicts or alcoholics or to trick away all their money or to murder each other, that is beyond appalling to me. That's that's shocking to me. That's that's unbelievable to me. And then when some of these guys are the ages of the Rick Rosses and the Jim Jones, well, you should know better. You should know better. And, and I talk about these guys in particular at that stage in life. And Joe Budden, too. Joe Budden, let's bring him back in into the room because we, we're talking about D1 and the Joe Budden thing. Man, you too old. You, you know better. You, if you're a black man over the age of 35, let me just do a little test real quick. Okay. By the way, as you hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe, uh, all that stuff. I, wanna, I have to remind you all that uh, that we are on Spotify. We're on Apple and all that. So look up my name on Spotify and Apple. You can find my podcast there. Also, I have a new book out. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. If you want to get a copy of that book, you can even get it autographed if you'd like. Just go to uh, drboycebooks.com. That's drboycebooks.com. And as, as you guys know, yes, Yesterday, uh, we, we had uh, one of our real estate speakers come into the Black Business School, Shalay Camilo, who's the CEO of Vital Source Realty. And we're doing a big exploration on real estate and we're bringing in uh, guest trainers and lecturers and thinkers every single week. So if you're interested in real estate and you want to get good at it, uh, feel free to go to drboycerealestate.com. You can see what we have going on there, too. All right. So I want to make sure I, that I share that with you guys as we move forward. So so let me let me get back to it. So let's bring Joe Budden back. in. Let me ask you all a question real quick. How many of you, give me a yes in the chat. Everybody who, who fits in this category, put a yes in the chat. How many of you have somebody that you love or you cared about who's got hooked on drugs? How many of you have somebody in your family, somebody that you're close to, somebody you love who has been a drug addict and absolutely fucking worthless at that point? 99% of the time, like you can't depend on them, can't, you know, can't build a business with them, can't start a family with them, can't, you know, they like these, these are, these are people that are almost like basically killed in, in, in uh, killed in battle in terms of being able to build the community. You can't, it's really hard to build with a drug addict. I'm not disqualifying anybody, but it creates a massive hurdle, right? Where you got to go spend a lot of money and time in rehab. And even then you might relapse. And, and I know a black woman who was doing great things professionally. She was a multimillionaire. Her husband uh, that she married was one of those fixer upper men. Uh, he was a drug addict. He got off the drugs. They got married. They started having problems. He got back on the dope. He murdered her. So, so do you understand? I'm not kidding. I'm not making these things up. He murdered her. Did I, do y'all hear me when I say he murdered her, right? So, so not only did, did was he an asset that was wasted, but now she, as a multimillionaire black woman who had all this education, who had busted her ass to be successful, to pass on generational wealth, is now dead because the son of a bitch that she married got into drugs. So, 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 give me a guess if you have a relative who's either been uh, addicted to drugs. Give me a guess in the chat if you have a relative who's been killed over drugs. Give me a yes if you have someone that you love or that's that you're close to who's been incarcerated over drugs. Give me a yes. Give me a yes. Give me a yes. Okay. I I, I want to I laid this out um, as as exhibit A, B, and C 
of why people like Joe Budden and others, and I love Joe. I, I don't, this is not anti-Joe Budden, I promise you. Joe follows me on Twitter. So, Joe, if you see this, just know I, I will talk to you privately and publicly to ex- explain my point of view and to hear you out, right? But 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 here's the thing. I, I bring this up because guys his age are too fucking old to act like you don't understand the consequences of your behavior and your role in leadership in this community, your role of influence in the community. Joe dealt, I think, I could have sworn I read that Joe had his, his own challenges with drugs. Joe knows. He knows. So 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 I'm sitting there trying to understand, and maybe y'all can help me with this, how the hell is it that we got black men over the age of 35 who have seen the chickens come home to roost? You've seen what happens when a child doesn't get raised properly because half these rappers now got, got 10 to 20, 30-year-old kids that are acting a damn fool because their parents were so busy on tour that they didn't spend time raising their child, T.I., right? They, so, so, so I'm trying to understand how these individuals over 35, over 40, haven't grown up yet. They have, you know, um, some of them try to grow up. I think Jay-Z's trying to grow up. He's trying to raise Blue Ivy and protect her from all of the nonsense. Like I, he, he used to rap about um, what was that song? Big Pimpin', Spinning Cheese, and 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 I fuck them and leave them and all this other right. He don't want Blue Ivy in that culture. He don't want Blue Ivy to be one of those women that men are rapping about, right? But because you're well, now, well, oh, I get it now. Oh, you're a dad now. Now you understand that all these women that you were hoeing with and disrespecting, that was somebody's daughter. Now, mind you, though, it is the job of their father to protect them from that, right? Keep your daughters off the pole so you can't put all that on him. But at the same time, the idea that you were pouring into this culture of harm and blatant disrespect of people in your own community, that circles back and it eventually comes back and bites you in the ass. I bet you that if I was to ask most of these right, Jim Jones, Meek Mill, Joe Budden, all these guys, if I was to ask him, have you ever had anybody that was murdered in street violence? They'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my cousin, so-and-so, my, my friend, my brother. Okay. All right. So why would you promote that? Why would you, why, why would we rap as if that's something that we want to continue in our community? I don't understand that. You need to help me understand that, right? Because I get it if you're reflecting on your experience and you're saying, you know, like like I do, I, I learned a lot of my best life lessons from older black men who made mistakes. I did. The best uncle, the best teacher in the world sometimes for a kid. This is why some of y'all ladies that got sons, you need to have your sons listen to men like this, uh, have men in their lives. Like, stop thinking you could be the mommy and the daddy. Like, that does not work. We've seen the, we've seen the results of this as well. Right. But have them listen to men who've made mistakes, who are truly uh, reflective on those mistakes, who have learned from those mistakes who uh, regret those mistakes and let them kind of be honest and say, look, this is why you don't want to do what I did. Right. Because I learned, I, I stayed away from drugs, not because I was sheltered. I stayed. And if I was sheltered, I was sheltered by people who were hooked on drugs. I had my father who implemented a no drug policy in my mind at an early age because my father had to overcome a heroin addiction. Do you understand? Both of my father, my, both of my fathers were on drugs. My father that wasn't around and my father that raised me, my, the one that raised me, though, he walked away from the drugs and he said, I don't want you to go through this. Let me tell you for real what really happens. With so, so it's OK to tell those stories if you're telling them in a way that says you don't want to do this. 
you know, like Ice Cube had, you know, he 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 talked to, you know, NWA, they got a lot to account for now. They didn't, they they're not, they're not innocent, right? But one thing I liked about Ice Cube's song Dope Man was when he explained uh, uh what a strawberry was, you know, uh, like uh, they call a strawberry, and everybody knows strawberry, strawberry is the neighborhood hoe, right? And then and then there was a part of the uh the song where he says, uh, if you smoke cane, you a stupid mother ucker. Y'all remember that? Right. So he starts off by saying this is not what you want to do. Right. And, and it's really crazy how they flipped it and started saying this is what you want to do. Right. So as you're looking at, you know, young thug on trial right now for his life where they might send this guy away for 40 years. Um, my th thinking is as black men and leaders of the community, it's our job to point to these stories not as as anything to celebrate and not just something to be sad about right i don't i don't think he deserves for if you want to know if i think he deserves 40 years in prison honestly i don't think hardly anybody deserves 40 years in prison i don't i i wouldn't want them to do that to him but what i but but, the, but what i don't want at the same time is for us to act like this is okay and these are good things that prison is a good place to be or that getting killed or killing other people is good or that somehow what young thug did that got him the rico charge was was all right it was cool that that that, that was hip that was fly right and and that's that's what hip hop unfortunately does when rick ross is saying i'm a boss i'm a boss i'm a boss you're a boss of what? Oh, you're a boss of an organized crime organization that can get somebody 40 years in prison. And and this is what a black man should be aspiring to. Like, this is what, you know, and again, you don't have to listen to us. We know this. Right. But but this is what young people are influenced by. You know, they, they don't want you. know I come in and I'm like, well, you know, I'm a professor and I'm married to my wife and I love my wife. Oh, you a simp. I'm not a simp. I'm doing things that are going to actually make me happy and not have me get killed or in some fucked up situations. So maybe you've got some bad information. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, I mean, even, even think about, look at what's going on with Diddy right now, right? Diddy's chickens are coming home to roost. Diddy has lived a life for 30 years. I talked about this the other day. He's lived a life where there were no boundaries. That's what it was. It, there were no boundaries. Uh, and, I, and, and, and sometimes, you know, with, with Kanye, when I was talking to him, it was a little bit tough because I don't think he was used to boundaries. And I did impose boundaries in the sense of saying, like, I don't really need to hear you tell me how important you are. Like, that's really weird to me. That seems to cover up some deep insecurities. Remember, my wife is a therapist, so we can see right through that shit. And, and so so with Diddy. Um, but remember, though, as Diddy's going through his stuff, and I do believe Diddy is the next Bill Cosby, I believe they're going to uh, keep pounding on him, pouncing on him, and it's, it's, it's impacting him in significant ways. He can sit and pretend like it's not bothering him, but I believe that it is. And, uh, and, and the thing about it is that for many years, Diddy was on the cover of magazines like Forbes. We celebrated his success. Right. Am I wrong or am I right? Am I, am I right? Or am I right or am I correct? Which one is it? Am I right or am I correct that we celebrate it as a community? Because we don't understand that all money ain't good money. Shout out to Immortal Technique. That's another right. Just just in case anybody thinks I hate rappers. I, I, I enjoy talking to Immortal Technique. We talked two times for two hours and I love talking to that guy. And Immortal Technique did an inter interview actually on, on this channel at one point where he wasn't speaking to me. He was interviewing with somebody else. And he was explaining that all money ain't good money. But sometimes we don't take that time to kind of understand the difference. So we were celebrating Diddy 
Why? Well, because Diddy's got money. Well, how did he get money? Oh, yeah. What kind of human being is he? Well, it don't matter. He he getting money, yo. He getting money. Okay, well, you keep you keep on believing that getting money somehow cleanses you of all the other nonsense that might be in your spirit, and you're gonna end up finding out that chickens usually come back home to roost. So Diddy's chickens are coming home to roost, in my opinion. Uh, I don't agree, by the way. If you want to know how I feel about these lawsuits coming up 20, 30 years later, I'm, I don't like them. I don't. I really don't. I don't think that's fair, I, I, especially if it's something that's hard to prove. So that's why I stand on that. But at the same time, I do believe in consequences. And, and so ultimately, when you're talking about hip hop culture, you're talking about a gigantic shit show. It's a, it's a gigantic shit show where for many years, you had individuals that were devoid of any accountability to anyone. They weren't accountable to themselves. They weren't accountable to the, the black community at all. They weren't accountable to their families. They just kind of did whatever they wanted to do. And then it all circles back and comes back and kicks them in the ass later on. And, and it shows up by, with this financial incentivization from people who are not black, people writing big checks, black people don't write those billion dollar checks. So people writing those billion dollar checks to incentivize you to do things that are going to put you in your family in harm's way. To, they incentivize you to do things that lead you to ignore and neglect the choices that must be made by a young man so that he gets to live to be an old man. They incentivize you to forget about all the things that come into building a quality life, a quality family, and ultimately a quality community, because all a community is, is a collection of families. All the family is, is a collection of individuals. So by creating a, a, a fucked up culture that is destroying the integrity of the individuals in that culture, what you're effectively doing is destroying the black community. They, and this is not accidental. This is very deliberate. This is very intentional. So what I would say to a Joe Budden is, and, and I'm going to play a little clip for you guys. I want you all to see this clip. I didn't like what Joe said about D1. I'm going to just tell you, man, Joe, call me, man. Reach out to me. My email, my manager's email is manager at voicewalkins.com, manager at voicewalkins.com. Email me and I will talk to you privately and publicly about why I did not like the fact that you literally seem to be... <sighs> Threatening violence toward D1. Not that Joe was going to do anything, but there is such a thing. Just like when they talked about Donald Trump and his role in the in the, the so-called insurrection, which, by the way, I didn't quite understand why they couldn't stop it. I, I do. I think that that could have been allowed. Right. So that's a whole nother conversation. But but similar, though, to that situation where they looked at Trump and said, you said certain things that incited people's behavior. The same thing is true for people on big platforms. So when Joe Budden is making a statement about D1 getting shot because D1 is simply doing what's right for the black community, I need you to understand the depth to which that is a horrible, horrible statement to make. That is an incredibly irresponsible statement, and it is incredibly problematic that you would that that, that the, the black man that you want to fight is not the man that's destroying the kids. It's not the man that's destroying the community. It's not the man that's encouraging us to be ignorant. It's not the man that's encouraging violence. It's not the man that's trying to get kids hooked on drugs. It's the man who's standing up to the nonsense and saying, we need to quit. I don't understand that. That is a very big problem. That's a very bad side of the line for you to be on. It, it, you know, so, so let me play the clip. I'm going to play this clip for you guys. And I, and I want you all to see it. I, I don't think I hope I'm not overreacting to it. 
And I'm not going to assume that Joe Budden wants any harm to come to D1. For all I know, it could be shaped as a warning. Like, I'm just warning you that this is not good. But let I'll just play it, and y'all can give me your, your two cents on what you think. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, uh, subscribe. You're watching DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, also, uh, don't forget, if you want to get uh, free stuff, I'll send you. I did a free training on how to make money without working. So if that's ever of interest to you, just text the word stock to 31996. It's totally free. Text stock to 31996. I'll also send you a free copy of our $5 a day investing plan that we have in the Black Business School. We're literally investing $5 a day can have your family holding uh, close to $100,000 in less than 20 years. Like it's it's straightforward. It's easy. It's a quick, easy way to get out of poverty. $5 won't even buy you a McDonald's value meal. So what I'm basically saying is that if you were to put as much money into uh, your future as you put into your car note or as you put into rent, or you pay, we put into fast food, that literally is your direct pathway from middle class to upper class or from lower class to middle class. So, so it's very straightforward. A five-year-old could do it. So if you like a free copy, just text the word STOCK, S-T-O-C-K, to 31996. All right, so let me play this clip with D1. Give me a yes if you can hear this audio. I'm about to play it right now. Here we go. You'll learn the way other people learn that you can't just talk about people. I'm telling you, as somebody that knows the history of the people that you're speaking about, leave niggas alone. Especially niggas that will shoot your Christian ass. <laughs> oh, wow. Shoot my Christian. I bet. So you inviting violence. You trying to egg it on. And you would never in a billion years say that about a Jewish or a Muslim person. I know you wouldn't. And you, you, you still talking about me on your podcast. But I guarantee you don't want to talk to me. Because I think you feared that that would end up making you look real bad. It's something about the light in me that's irritating something inside of you. Because all I'm doing is talking about accountability in the culture. And here you are, inviting violence, showing religious disrespect, and just moving with anger and cockiness. Think about that. Mm. How about that? Um, that was interesting, right? Let me ask y'all a question. I want you to let me play the clip one more time. And I'm going to point to one. There was about five disturbing issues in this clip. I'm going to pick one. And that's what we're going to drill into. I want you to listen to the words carefully. Let's watch it. And we're going to analyze this, this is what well, I want you. I want intelligent black. People. I want you to really think about this. So, so let's play one more time. Here we go. You'll learn the way other people learn that you can't just talk about people. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, as somebody that knows the history of the people that you speaking about, leave niggas alone, especially niggas that will shoot your Christian ass. <laughs> oh, wow. Shoot my Christian. I Bet. So you inviting violence, you trying to egg it on, and you would never in a billion years say that about a Jewish or a Muslim person. I know you wouldn't. And you, you, you still talking about me on your podcast, but I guarantee you don't want to talk to me because I think you feared that that would end up making you look real bad. It's something about the light in me that's irritating something inside of you because all I'm doing is talking about accountability in the culture. And here you are inviting violence, showing religious disrespect. And just moving with anger and cockiness. Think about that. All right. So let me let's 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 take Joe's statement and let's um, change a, a word or two on this statement. So you heard the part where Joe says uh, they will shoot your Christian ass. Um, so my question is, give me a yes or no. Do you think that Joe Budden would say, let's say to a, a record label executive. Uh, they will shoot your Jewish ass. What do you think would happen? Do you, do you think that he would say that? Do you think that he would? 
I, I don't even I, I I have to be careful about saying it because I might get banned from <laughs> from YouTube for saying it. I already I already had I had half a million on Instagram erased because of something I said. I don't know what I said, but it doesn't matter. I Dr. Boyce Finance. That's my new Instagram page. So you can follow me there. We got other platforms. So what do you think? Do you think that he would say that about Jewish people? Or or do you think that they he would say that if D was a Muslim, they will shoot your Muslim? Would, would, do you think that they would uh do you think that he could get away with that? If he said that about the Jewish community, we will they will shoot your Jewish. You can't say it. My, Michael Jackson couldn't even he couldn't even say kike me in that song. Remember that? And they, they took it off the radio. Uh so what one of the things that does happen is that we tend to be very harsh toward each other because we know we can get away with it. Right. We we know that we can touch each other. Right. It's easy. It's just like in sometimes with gang violence. Right. I, I can go kill this guy across the street because he's across the street. I'm not going to go get the guy across town because I know I'm going to get in trouble for that. And I know it takes a lot more work for me to go get the guy across the town. Now, to be fair, when I did talk to D, that was a similar argument I made with him. I said, look, um, I get it. You know, if you have an issue with certain artists, you know, Jim Jones, Meek Mill use their names. But I said, I think at some point. Love has to win. And I know you are a guy that, that fights out of love. So I would not make it about like a beef between you and these rappers. We have enough rapper beefs. There's enough rapper beef. There's enough beef in, in the hip hop to make 10,000 cattle farms. Right. So so beefing is always popular. There's plenty of beef. And you go through YouTube, go scroll through YouTube. You're going to find black men beefing with other black men like crazy. They do it to get views on their channel. Um. It is what it is. I people beef with me, and but but I don't really usually beef back or say anything back. Um, I don't even watch their videos. I don't. I, I can see the, the the thumbnails, and and I'm happy if they got fifty thousand, hundred thousand views. But I don't. Re I don't really want because I don't think beef is beneficial for the black community. So so I don't think that everything D is doing and what Joe is doing and everybody's doing. I don't think it has to end with beef. It should not end with beef. It should end with public conversations about who the real enemy is. And if you want a little tip, this is what I learned in therapy. This is what they, they counsel people on in marriage. If you want to have a good relationship, if you get into a disagreement with your partner, you should actually not make your partner the enemy. Your partner should not be the target of your aggression. The problem is not your partner. The problem is the problem. And so if you approach it and say, how can we, with two divergent perspectives, solve this problem together? You're more likely to maintain the relationship than to uh, than to than to fight, sit there and fight and try to destroy each other, right? So, so, uh, so I think I understand. I get it. I and I explain I explain this directly to D when we talk. I get the 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 the, the disagreement with you and Jim Jones and, and and Meek Mill and everything else, but I I hope this does not end with rapper against rapper, because the real culprit in my view. Is not it's not the dogs that are in the cage that are fighting. The enemy is the person that built the cage in the first place. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the cage was built by, um, you know, it was built by people who are not black, who uh, who literally love to see black people destroy themselves and destroy each other. It was built by people who make a profit from all this back and forth. I, I, I'll never forget there was a rapper, uh, something red. His, his red, his, his, the word red was in his name somewhere. Um, and he was, he was 
fighting with another rapper. I think it was Takashi Six Nine, and I could have sworn I read that they were represented by the same guy. But these two guys were, had, were were throwing death threats back and forth at each other, right? And I'm sitting there like, wow, they're really talking about serious stuff. And 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 really, if you look in deeper into some of this, that Joe Joe's correct on one, you know, one one aspect of it that. There are some elements of hip hop that are deeply connected and deeply wired in uh, to street activity. And, and in fact, many hip hop record labels, in my view, started off as uh, as ventures designed specifically to launder drug money. Right. Uh, you remember, Easy e was, you know, he, he had his career selling drugs and and that money went into the formation of, of, of some of the entities that they created. I think Death Row Records was connected that way. And, and I think it still continues. It still continues to this day. But if you go to Chicago, you know, there were real artists that really got killed when they did drill rap. But the danger of drill rap and the lack, lack of strategy in drill rap, and this is where fathers and men, this is where the missing father comes into play because your daddies could explain this shit, shit to you. Um, the Larry Hoover types could explain this, is that drill rap and, and, and any form of hip hop where they're rapping, uh, and, and trying to keep it real by talking about real things that they've actually done or are planning to do becomes very easy uh, to accumulate as evidence in a criminal case. Right. Right now with Young Thug, that's the whole debate right now is, is you know, should his lyrics be brought in as evidence? And I'm going to tell you, they, they are going to be brought in as evidence because because most people that know hip hop know that most of the time, excluding Rick Ross. Most of the time, when a rapper raps about a certain lifestyle, it's expected that that's a reflection of a lifestyle he either lived or is somehow connected to. That there's an authenticity expected within hip hop. But in even Rick Ross, as much as he used to be a security guard and, and he stole somebody's name, there's still an element when you see him on social media, he's still sort of trying to portray some sort of image that he wants you to believe is an authentic image. So if you are... Uh, uh, you know, getting on a song and talking about crimes you either have committed or about to commit, you are criminalizing yourself. Uh, and, and, and what are we doing for? We're doing it for money and clout. That's what it is. You know, why do these guys go on to Vlad TV and tell their whole damn life story? Well, because culture vultures like Vlad, shout out to Damon Dash. Damon, you know, Damon and I spent a lot of time together. Shout out to Damon Dash, who, who, who originally had that, that term culture vulture. Uh, you get a guy like a Vlad who is fascinated by all the gangster stories and, and, and he wants to dig in. Right. So, but, but the problem is that you're getting on here and you're incriminating yourself by confessing to all the things you were a part of because you're basically begging Vlad to bring you in for another interview. So you end up doing something that gets you locked up. And so, so, so really with, with this music, I'm sorry, you know, this, this is real. This is, this is very real. Um, you know, I, 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 I am concerned about D. Uh, I know D is not scared. I can confirm again. I told you that's why I'm, I'm friends with him is because he understands something that I really want all intelligent black people to really get. To really be a leader and to really do the right thing, you have to achieve what there, what psychologists refer to as self-actualization. If you don't know what it is, just look it up. It's, it's, it's out there. It's, it's, it's something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Self-actualization is where you get to the point, basically, for the most part, you get to the point where you're so committed to something bigger than yourself that you're not really worried about what might happen to you. You're not worried like, well, if I do this, it's going to mess up my reputation. Or if I do, if I say this, then I'm going to lose some money. right? Or if I do this, then somebody's going to be mad at me. No, self-actualization is where you say, you know what, I'll take one for the team. 
You know, it's, it's like the same reason that on a football team, the most valuable players on the team are not the running backs and the quarterbacks and the wide receivers who dance in the end zone. The most valuable players on the team, in my view, are the offensive linemen whose names you will never know whose job it is to protect the quarterback. Just ask Coach Prime right now with his four and eight Colorado Bull Buffaloes how important the offensive line is. If they don't show up, the job doesn't get done. Or the way a mother loves their child, that's another example. A lot of mothers will sit in the shadows and support their child, sacrifice for the child, and not demand any credit for what they accomplish or what they sacrifice, right? Because they, they're they they're connected to the, to the purpose so deeply, right? So ultimately what we really need is we need some leaders like that. We need people that are, are truly connected to what we're trying to do to the point where they don't really care if they win or lose. They don't care if they live or die. They don't care if they look cool or look stupid. They're, they're ready to just fight for a higher power. So, so D the, the thing that the reason D one upsets so many of these artists the reason, and he, he he mentioned that a little bit, and I agree with him, is that that this man is a disinfectant for the community. Hip-hop is a cesspool, a bacteria-laden, infected, disgusting culture for the most part. Not all of it, but some of it is. A lot of it, like a lot of this hip-hop stuff, a lot of this culture, you know, the raping of women in the in, in the studio and the drugs and the violence and all, it's a it, it, it's some parts of it, not all of it. Right. Because well, on some levels, hip hop is a powerful, beautiful art form. So let me make that clear. But there's a big chunk of hip hop that just has an underbelly that is just disgusting. Right. So what happens when you take something that is infected and filled with bacteria and 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 just 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 mutilated and, and, and rotted and you spray Lysol on it? What happens there? What happens? Right. You get a big reaction, right? If it's your leg or something, and somebody sprays a disinfectant on that leg, you're gonna scream, ah, right? So, so that's what that's what's going. That's what's going on. the The fake gang, the fake gangsters, don't know how to react when a real gangster walks in the room. D one is a real gangster with a capital G, and for him, his G stands for God. D is a person, in my view, who is completely convinced that he is powered by a higher power. D is, is a vessel, right? And when you become a vessel, when you become committed to a purpose that's bigger than yourself and you know you're being powered by a force that never runs out of energy, you ain't scared of some fake pretending wannabe studio gangsters who, who are so high and drunk half the damn time that they don't even know what the hell they're doing. They, he, these, these guys don't rattle him. He's not scared of that. So when Joe Budden steps up and is like, well, they're, they're going to shoot your Christian ass. I don't, Joe, man, I'm sorry, bro. You don't know what you're dealing with. You know, you really don't. You really, I don't think D, I think D's okay with that. Remember, D's the same guy who did something. I don't know. I don't know of any other black man who's ever done this. Do y'all know this, that D turned down the chance to sign with Cash Money Records? Cash Money Records begged him. They, they were asking him to join. And he's like, no, that's not, that does not gel with my spirit. That's not where I want to be. Right. And, and I and I love that because that's a type of enlightenment that I would love for all of us to have, you know, that that type of peace where you know that, that you're dedicating your life to something that's meaningful. Right. And, uh, and and so you may disagree with some of the approaches or the tactics or you might you might not. You might not like even like these music or whatever it is, whatever you like or don't like about them. It's up to you. But I encourage you to pay attention and really tap in. To the fact that this brother is operating, he's he's on a frequency that most of these people can't even understand. 
This man is, is uh, and I've always said, I, you go back six years, I was tweeting, I think D1 is the GOAT. The, the best thing that could ever happen to the black community is for D1 to become one of the most popular artists in the world. Because the day that happens is, is, is when you start seeing the community elevating. It, it, and, and then and then here's another thing too. Martin Luther King had that same uh, that same self awareness. He they, he also had self actualized. That's why when Martin Luther King was sitting with a bunch of other people who were all kind of hanging on because they were all wanting to be part of the movement, somebody heard a gunshot go off and everybody turned because they were worried that they were going to get shot. They were trying to see where the gunshot was coming from. Dr. King was the only one who didn't even respond. And, and, and Malcolm X had had that too. Malcolm X and Dr. King both knew that they probably weren't going to live to see the mountaintop. They knew that they were not going to personally benefit from what they were fighting for, but they fought for it anyway, right? And, 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 I, and I just admire people like that. And some of y'all are doing that in your own lives, right? You can do this on a big scale, right? You can do it on a national scale, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm a cheer D1 on to the end. Y'all know me. I'm loyal to a fault. I, I will ride to, the, to, ride to the wheels fall off of this brother. But, but also, I want you to have that same energy for something that you believe in. Because everybody has a circle of influence. Everybody has a space that you can uh, that, that you can that you can impact. Everybody does. Right. If you're the mother of a household, you have so much power that, that you can't even imagine. You you can elevate or traumatize. If you're a father, that is that is an extraordinary amount of influence. A great father can elevate and give tremendous confidence to the people around him and take them to another level. Or he can traumatize that family so bad that the trauma lasts for 100 years years, just as Robin Simpson, a member of the B1 community who spoke at our convention, who just last week was murdered by her husband in front of her daughter. She got stabbed 50 times in the face and he cut her heart out. That's what this son of a bitch did. Because it, it, this was, in my view, an example of masculinity gone bad. Right. This is where he used that God given power of masculinity, that that God given ability that we have as men to manifest a reality. And he created a nightmare well, why? Well, because he had not dealt with his shit. This man had not fixed himself. So, so what I'm saying to you is men with all y'all who got who got kids or anybody around you that you influence, fix your shit. Fix your shit because when you get older, you get responsibility. You have the ability to impact other people. Fix your shit. See, go see the damn therapist. Fix your shit. Have these kids out here that are struggling, suffering angry going through it they're going through it because their parents did not fix their shit and they're gonna be mad at you because of it when they get to 20 25 years old they're gonna be like daddy what was wrong with you why were you such a damn hoe that you had to put your penis in eighty thousand women now i gotta search all over the internet to find my brothers and sisters and we ain't got a nickel but you got we got pictures of you from way back in 2023 posting on instagram with pockets full of money but i ain't got no damn inheritance Mama, why the hell were you laying down with any thug or any any bullshit ass man that you could find? And I don't have a father now because you chose a man that ain't fit to run a goddamn Burger King. But you chose him for the sacred and important responsibility of being my dad. Now, I have no father because you couldn't pick because you got horny. Seriously, that's what kids are going to do to you. That's what they're going to do. It comes back. It comes home to roost. It comes home. You know, and so so I think in our community. Somebody's got to make a sacrifice. Somebody's got to be willing to sacrifice. Somebody's got to be willing to stand up and just say enough is enough. Like something has got to give. We cannot have everybody just going with the flow. 
everybody just just going along with genocide because it comes with a nice beat. This is racism, y'all. This is racism of the worst possible form. This is economic racism. Where people with deep pockets control an entire industry that influences our young people, and they're not held accountable at all, and they, and they do things to you that they would never allow you to do for them. The Sumner Redstone family runs BET, which pours toxic waste onto black culture every year, and I guarantee you that this Jewish family would never let your black ass own a, a, a platform called JET, Jewish Entertainment Television, and dump toxic waste onto Jewish culture every single year. They would kill your ass for that. They would come and get you and string your ass up. And you up here talking about uh, you, you up here talking about this, this, this other stuff like like it's a good thing. No, it's not. So, so at the end of the day, I think as, as black people, I just really think, you know, if I'm Joe Budden, you need to have a conversation with D1. Let's get back to that. You need to have D1 on and, or you go on his platform, whatever y'all do, and y'all need to talk that out. And you need to stop all this bullshit about they'll they'll shoot your Christian ass. D knows he he knows he knows the risks of his behavior. He knows what he's dealing with. He ain't scared of that he's he's figured that out. So so you're not being helpful. Again, I like Joe Budden. I do. Again, I like him. I I never met him. I don't know him. I never talked to him. But he but I know he follows me on Twitter. I don't know if that means anything to him or not. But I am not saying this to be disrespectful. I'm just saying you're not helping. Well, they'll shoot your Christian ass. What what what? Like, give me that statement and $2, and I might be able to buy a pack of Kool-Aid. What the fuck am I supposed to do with the fact that you're saying something that is quite obvious? That, oh, they're going to be mad at you. Of course. Do, what, would you prefer that they like him? Would you prefer that he do what everyone else does and simply try to say stuff that's popular? Like, well, I just, I'm down. That was lit, yo. That was good. But 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 yet, you're you're literally putting out, people are putting out, these messages that are so harmful to so many people, anybody who knows hip hop knows how influential it is. And everybody who knows hip hop that actually has an ounce of consciousness knows that, that we have to uh, deal with what's being created and how this is affecting our people. Anybody who follows it knows it. every teacher, I'm sorry, some of y'all are teachers, guidance counselors, social workers at public schools. And you see what that culture is doing to the kids. You see it. You see five-year-old kids come to school rapping about how they coochie pink, they booty hole brown because they've been listening to Sexy Red. Y'all understand this. Little baby ain't never going to learn how to read, write, do math, do nothing to be successful. Ain't going to learn how to pick a man. She's going to be sleeping with old 25-year-old dudes when she's 12, and y'all act like that's okay. It ain't okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Not, none of this is okay. So so that's that's it. That's all I got to say about this. Um, I am not in any way seeking to say to disparage Joe Budden. I'm simply speaking the truth as I see it. Um, again, my email is manager at boycewalkers.com. If Joe Budden has something he wants to say to me, he can email and I will talk to him privately, publicly, whatever he wants to do. Um, I'm not trying to get on his show. I ain't trying. I don't care about all that stuff. Uh, if anybody wants to come on my, if, I, or if he wants me to come on, I would do it. Like I would defend everything that I said because I've been consistent. I've been saying this. We've been talking about this, right? Um, but I really think in general, hip hop needs to have a summit. And this is what I did say to D. I said, I said, I think there should be a summit where all of you, including all the people that you disagree with, get together, sit at a table as as black men and women show a unified stand and say, OK, let's figure this out. Let's figure out 
how we can solve this problem. And the problem is not each other. The problem is the industry itself. That's the problem. Get on the same page because you're all suffering from the same stuff. All of you have had friends that have gotten killed. All of you have friends that have gotten on drugs. All of you have friends that are incarcerated. So you are, you should be allies. And the only reason you can't be allies is because somebody in the office in the back is playing divide and conquer. Somebody's writing checks to, to sort you out the same way they did the Hutus and the Tutsis when they were hacking each other up in Rwanda. That's what they do. That's how white supremacy works, in case you don't know. That's how it works. So don't, 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 don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Start playing chess, not checkers. That's the only way we can win. That's the only way we can win. Because I don't want to see another hip-hop beef. We, I haven't seen enough of those. I don't care about that crap. All right. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I appreciate your time. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, in case you don't know. My website is boycewatkins.com. There's lots of free resources there if you want to build your wealth. Uh, my PhD is in finance. You guys know this. I'm a finance professor. And my goal is to have all of our people economically smart, economically strong, and uh, doing well financially. So if you'd like to get free stuff from me, uh, I'll send you stuff right away. I'll send you a list of AI stocks that I've invested in, things like that. Just text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996. And also my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. If you'd like to uh, get a copy of that book or also my wife, Alicia, she's a therapist. Uh, and we actually have the first ever black financial therapy department in the black business school. Uh, so if you'd like to uh, take a look at some of my books or my wife's books, just go to drboycebooks.com. Hit that thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Make sure you also follow on Spotify and stuff like that. And uh, I'm about to get on out of here, guys. So have a good one and I'll see you soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.